The Holy Spirit was the one who directed me, but I want to talk to you tonight. I want to reflect with you on something that's central to both those mysteries. Tonight I want to talk about beauty, and I want to talk about how that permeates the Last Supper and the life of the Christian. The ancient world assumed, I hope you know this, we know this ourselves, the ancient world assumed that it was impossible for us to love something that is not beautiful. It's impossible for us to love something that is not beautiful. Beauty moves our hearts not just to know something, but to desire something. It awakens our hearts. The ancient world knew this. You know it too. The truth, though, is the the ancient world, Aristotle and Plato, and we could talk about all these great thinkers, they, they knew there was beauty and they talked about it in amazing ways and they had great insights. And our faith, when Jesus Christ conquered death, when he brought the gospel into the world, the Catholic Church had a mixed relationship with beauty. And there's a reason for that. There's a simple reason why our church has always had a mixed relationship with beauty. The reason is because there are two types of beauty. There's two different types of beauty. St. Augustine knew it. I just, I just love Augustine. Augustine, he was so fiery. He said things so eloquently, and he was so wrong on so many things, but he's still a saint, and I just love that. And I am right about it. Just kidding. He's amazing, though. I love Augustine. And Augustine, at one point in his writings, he said that, that beauty is only for pagans. It's not for Christians. It's only for pagans. But Augustine will contradict himself, and later on he'll explain what he means by this. And in his great work, The City of God, and so our, our homily tonight and our reflection uh, is sponsored by St. Augustine and by Origen tonight. But St. Augustine says this, There are two beauties. There are two types of the beautiful in this world, brothers and sisters. There is a beauty, the normal type of beauty in this world is a beauty that lies to you. We all know it. There is a beauty in this world that lies to you and to me. I see it every time I go to the gym. I don't mean those of you I see at the gym. (laughs) I see it there. I see it in all the idols of our world. Every form of idolatry in our world has a certain beauty to it. But it's a beauty that lies to you. my heart, right, in your heart when we go to these places. You drive to the mountains and you see beautiful homes and, and there's beautiful people. And there's all the things in this world that seem so perfect. 
But you and I know, at the end of the day, those things lie to us. They say to you, they whisper to us, you will be happy if you just had this. And they lie. And Augustine loves to talk about two types of loves that go with the two different beauties. And the love that you and I have when our hearts go after lesser things. When our hearts go after that, Augustine calls that cupiditas. And cupiditas is a love that's selfish. It's a love at the end of the day that's, that's about me. And it's a love that, that lies, that's full of deceit. There's another type of love, though. And it is no mistake that at the Last Supper, Jesus gives the great commandment, the one commandment of Christians, that has two aspects. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And you will love your neighbor as Jesus loved you. There is only one commandment of Christians. It's the commandment of love. And this type of beauty, there's a second type of beauty that Augustine loves to talk about. And it's a beauty that's above us. It's a beauty that transcends anything this world has to offer. It's a beauty that I hope brought you here tonight. And of all of our sins, brothers and sisters, that the Lord takes upon himself this week and offers himself up for, all of our sins, I'm, I'm wholly convinced of this, the only way that our sins are conquered is through the love of that which is truly beautiful. Augustine calls that type of love charity. In the whole of history, when Augustine writes the city of God, there's two types of loves. And those two loves are in every heart in this church tonight. There is cupidity. There is a selfish love that bends its knee at the altar of idols. And there's a love that is true. There is a love whose beauty is so great that it makes us renounce all of our other loves and to surrender them to Jesus. This is what Christians call charity. It is the love that comes from God. There's an Austrian poet. I'm not sure I can pronounce his name, so I'm not going to say it. But he says this, and tonight I want to speak in a special way to those of you in RCIA who are becoming Catholic. I see it every year in RCIA. There's a moment we go through arguments, we explain the church's logic, but there's a moment, and you all know it. There's a moment when people turn to Jesus, and it's not because I had a good argument. It's because something beautiful transformed them. And they saw it. 
and he knew it. This poet says, in a devout Catholic, he says, it is perhaps in this that lies my very joy and my task in life. That I, although altogether a beginner, am among those who hear the beautiful and recognize its voice, even when it is scarcely to be heard above the other noise. And that one more time. It is perhaps in this that lies my very joy and my task in life, that I, although altogether a beginner, am among those who hear the beautiful and recognize its voice. I used to love the, the beauty of the world. I still do. It's still in my heart. It's still in there. It's still fighting at me, and it wants my whole heart. And I used to give my whole heart to it. And I always thought, you know, if I just... If I could just have that perfect house and that beautiful wife and all the money, you know, that I need and all these things, then my heart would be full. <laughs> but then I heard the voice of beauty. And it was his voice. And I bring this up tonight. Why talk about beauty? Brothers and sisters, tonight, as we enter into the Triduum, Jesus Christ is the spouse of our church. And as he enters into his passion, he lays down his life for his bride, for us. He does it every time he receives the Eucharist. He surrenders himself to his bride. And the world doesn't see this kind of beauty. I think in so many ways what it means to be a Christian is to convert from a pagan beauty to a beauty that is of God. This is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. It's to reject all forms of pagan beauty and to see the beautiful only in the glory of Jesus. I think it's important in our church. The beauty of God it always runs deeper. In our church, in your life, in your faith, the beauty of Christ is not surface level. Beauty is not simply a stone sanctuary. Beauty is not simply incense. Beauty is not nice vestments. Beauty is what happened in the crucifixion of a naked slave. That's beauty. In everything we do, if we have beautiful churches, if we dress nicely for Mass, if we have beautiful music, those things mean nothing if we are not united to what is truly beautiful. I think tonight in, at the Last Supper, Jesus, he begins to draw us more deeply into his beauty. And here's what I want to finally focus in on tonight. 
Why did Jesus wash the apostles' feet? Why did he do that? It obviously, in the gospel tonight, it means something much more than just service. By the way, there's a Jewish commentary from the ancient world on Exodus chapter 21 that says, if you are a Jew, you are forbidden from having a brother Jew wash your feet, even if he is a slave. In rare times in the ancient world, certain Jews would wash their master's feet. Jesus tonight humbles himself to the lowest place. Here's what I think was happening. This is from Origen. I love this. Origen asks, was Jesus, by washing their feet and drying them with a towel with which he had girded himself, making them beautiful? I think the words spoken prophetically of the apostles were fulfilled when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, namely, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. The first time the word gospel is used in the Bible is in Isaiah chapter 52. In Isaiah 52, the prophet prophesies. And this is, by the way, this is where we get the word gospel in the New Testament. In Isaiah 52, 7, the prophet says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Good news is the word for the gospel. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The apostles at the Last Supper are those that Jesus will send out to preach the good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. And here's how I want to bring it to you tonight. What does this mean? Does Jesus just want us to have clean feet when we go out? Of course not. He says, if he makes the disciples' feet beautiful by washing them, what shall we say of the true beauty that appears in those who have themselves been baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit and in fire? The feet of those proclaiming the good news became beautiful so that when they were washed and cleansed, and dried by Jesus' hands, they might be able to walk on the holy way and travel on him who said, I am the way. To preach the good news to the world, brothers and sisters, God loves his bride, he loves the church. Jesus tonight, the cleansing is a prefiguration of the cross. And he purifies us 
so that our feet can be beautiful. What that means is your soul. Jesus, I became a Christian not because of an argument, not because I understood something perfectly, Lord, I became a Christian because your beauty captured my heart. But that wasn't enough for you. The spouse of the church, spouse of my soul, spouse of all those who love you, Jesus. Lord, it wasn't enough for you that you should be beautiful and that we should love your beauty, that my heart should turn from cupidity to charity. It wasn't enough. Lord, you wanted to make me beautiful. You wanted us to be beautiful. You wanted our bodies and our souls to be cleansed of all ugliness to be purified by our love for you. Tonight, I don't know where all of you are in your faith, but there is something beautiful here. There is something more beautiful than anything the world has to offer. You have to take that leap. You have to say, Jesus, how beautiful you are. Your beauty has captured my heart. And if you do that, what happens is he will make you beautiful as well. And so finally tonight, Origen says, for this reason, let us present our feet to Jesus, who even now rises from supper puts his garments aside, takes a towel, girds himself, puts water into a basin, and begins to wash our feet as disciples and to dry them with a towel with which he girded himself for our sake. If we do not do this, we will have no part with him, nor will our feet be beautiful. Jesus May your glory, your divine beauty, your gift of yourself in the Eucharist, in the priesthood, and on the cross, Lord, may your beauty capture our hearts. And Jesus, may you wash our feet that we too may be beautiful.